0: So, my name, my name is Alexa Chung. I know the influence, I know the impact, and I know the vibes. And there we go, guys. It's time for me to get in bed. This has been fun. Hey, it's Nikki Jensen. And Brie Picconi. And we are Late to, to the, the Party. Party. A weekly podcast about film, fashion, and pop culture from two best friends, mentally it girls in the 90s.
1: Just walking those New York streets. Oh, Sneaking yeah. off
0: to the city. Oh,
1: I for feel sure. like if we were stuck in Connecticut, a small town and it, like not too far from the city, we'd probably do the same thing.
0: I would hope. I would hope to get a Chloe Sevigny style. Like the bowl cut? Bowl
1: cut. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Somehow she rocks it, you know? Chloe Sevigny could rock a paper bag. Yeah,
1: literally. She probably has. She probably She probably has.
0: But yeah, today we are talking about Chloe Sevigny, um, the most it girl of all it girls. Mm-hmm. The coolest girl in the world, some might say and have said. I was going to say, have said. (laughs) But yeah, before we do, Brie, we have to talk about some things. I know where you're going. Yes. (laughs) We did the other day see the Renaissance movie, the Beyonce Renaissance movie. Yes. So I feel like we have to talk about that. We
1: have to talk about that. It exceeded expectations, I feel.
0: I think Beyonce Renaissance changed my life.
1: I agree. It was a spiritual experience. I
0: cried, like, four different times. I did, too. Okay, no, that's the craziest thing. So, we went opening night Mm -hmm. to see the Beyoncé Renaissance movie. We were the only people in the theater, by the way. Yes. There was one other person. Yes, and you know how much I love the Renaissance album. Mm -hmm. Like, I will listen to that as my hype music, as, like, my mantra music. Like, who needs meditation music when you have Renaissance to listen to? But... So right out of the gate she starts with singing dangerously in love
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then shows like all of her fans and then sings flaws and all and I just we looked at each other and we were like this is it like why are we crying and right Already, now yeah and I, yeah from there it just, just yeah water works. yeah
1: I really enjoyed it. we were talking about this like before because we went to go see like Taylor Swift's eras mm-hmm. tour concert at the theater as yes, well. Yes, to a full house. Yes. <laughs> and this this time was different because we had the whole place to ourselves. It was hard though to really like I de- it was I feel like Beyonce's Renaissance in theaters is more of an art piece than like mm-hmm. Get up, you can definitely get up and dance for sure, but there's a lot that makes you think and feel. Like, it's way deeper than just, like, a concert. And, like, I loved seeing the behind the scenes. I loved seeing her process and everyone involved in the process and her talking about her personal stories, like, with her mom and Uncle Johnny. Like, it just, there was so much that goes into it that you could just, like, I don't know. It's just hard not to be touched by it, I guess. And I feel like with Taylor Swift, we were like, oh, we wish we saw more of that vulnerability or something, like.
0: For sure. I feel like... And also, you know, this week, Taylor Swift was on the cover of Time magazine because she's the person of the year. Right. Which we also have to talk about because that um, article is wild. That interview with Taylor Swift is wild. Yeah. But it does seem like Taylor Swift was giving us with the Eras tour movie just for... It's kind of for all the people who couldn't go out to see a show or who did, but that just wants to make the friendship bracelets and act like they're at the tour again and sing along. It's more about them. And I think Taylor Swift does like this idea of just being a storyteller and having her music Mm -hmm. and obviously toying with us about her personal life and that narrative. But I think more in a toying way, I think Beyonce is, for one, 10 years older at a different stage in her career. Sure. But Beyonce, to me, is just a performer's performer. Mm. Like, I didn't realize when... Someone said it in the film. They were like, Yeah, Beyonce's been making music since 1997. Right. So Beyonce's been making music and I've been a fan of Beyonce quite literally, like almost my whole life. Same. You know, like my, one of my first CDs was writing on the wall and I had my little boom box as a really young kid just in the backseat, just like jamming out to like bugaboo and say my name and like bills, 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 you know? Mm-hmm. And Beyonce is definitely someone who, Well, has different inspirations, for sure. Like, she's just not the same artist as Taylor Swift. Yeah.
1: Which is understandable.
0: For sure. And she's just performing. That's her vehicle. She doesn't write the songs. She performs them. And she's a singer. And she really states that in the film. Yeah. And also, I just love her kind of sort of educating her fans and educating the audience for this film, like, about all the intricacies of the crew and how how much it actually takes right when she was talking about like
1: building the stage Mm -hmm. like they had to hand build it and like all the steel that was used and the lifts like people are literally risking their lives to put this like stage together and then the fact that there's like three different stages that rotate because they have to get one start setting up well one's breaking down in a different location like it's just like so much uh what's the word like um coordination i guess yes
0: i mean okay like as someone that I spent a lot of my life, not on Beyonce level, of course, but performing on stage. Yeah. Just seeing when she pans to the stage manager. No one shows stage managers when you do these concert tours or like in a real way. Like Mm -hmm. that even got me where I was like, oh, my God, like that's just a part of a performance, you know? It's like everyone plays a really important part. It's not just Beyonce. It's, it's not just the queen bee. It's the bees it's, in the heart. It, Yes, it is. Yeah. No, it
1: is. Yeah. Maybe that's what she was... <laughs> that's what she... I think oh. she literally says that towards the end there. And I'm like, oh my God, she's a genius. Like when yeah. she does the, you know, the, the bee number. <gasps> she
0: does. She comes out and does it. Oh, like America has a problem. Yeah. I Which, like oh my God. Speaking of America has a problem. I... Literally, okay, my most played song of 2023 is Heated by Beyonce. Really? (laughs) It's my jam. And it's so funny because in the movie, you can tell she's about to perform Heated and then... Because there's a lyric, Uncle Johnny made my dress. Mm-hmm. That cheap spandex. She looks so yeah, Which I literally cry, <laughs> like started to cry when she said that. Yeah, because because then it t- tells the story of Uncle Johnny who died yeah. in the mid-90s. It like,
1: cuts up. You're like, oh, you think this is going to be a bot? But it's like, oh, wait a second.
0: Like, <laughs> And that's where Uncle Johnny really touched me. Same. And then she plays Heated and I'm like still crying. <laughs> like, and the tears are streaming down my face. Well, it's like because
1: there's just so much like pride with it. Like, I don't know.
0: She's wearing the last dress <sighs> Uncle Johnny made for her. Yeah, that's amazing. I,
1: I still I like, I can't, I can't like think about it too I hard. Either. I don't <sighs> know. It's great though. It's great to hear the stories and the scenes with her mom, like get me and like her going back to her hometown and just the connection with her mom and Uncle Johnny, like yeah. the whole, I don't know,
0: just everything. Well, Tina Knowles is a goddess. Like, I love, while talking about Uncle Johnny, Beyonce also really gives a moment to thank. I mean, she thanks Matthew Knowles, too, her father. Yeah. But she really does take a moment to be like, yeah, my mom made all those costumes for us. hmm And, you know, some people didn't want to lend us things, and she was always... You know?
1: Yeah. No, that part got me... To, I don't know. Like, I'm literally just, like, holding back right now. It's so good, though. I had such a good time seeing it. We stole, like, all the posters. We they truly had on the, did. They had, like, this table full of, like, like Renaissance posters. It was probably, like, one per person, but I took, like, I think three on it. Like, I thought I just took two, but I took, like, three.
0: Yeah. Whatever. I loved it, though. I just saw you, like, grab a handful and yeah. walk away. <laughs> I was too busy looking at the saltburn poster being, like... I don't even play this here i wanted to see Saltburn, oh man which it's coming to amazon prime december 22nd
1: oh, okay that so. might be the way i guess
0: so i'm going to be insufferable for christmas you're welcome in <laughs> advance i'm going to be like guys let's watch Saltburn and just really kill the mood <laughs> nice um oh what else uh the fashion is a sleigh i i on screen, the Loewe bodysuit with the hands.
1: I, that was probably my favorite look. But she had a lot of good ones. Oh, but truly. Loved. Yes. And I loved how her background dancers also had a version, but hers was still the best.
0: Oh, for sure. But the, the way the hands move and the arms on the bodysuit move when she moves. She, yeah. Also, Blue Ivy Carter's my hero. Yes. Like, I just love the way... 'Cause you know, a couple weeks ago everyone was talking about Northwest and kind of how she talked to <laughs> was it Valentino and it was kinda of rude and disrespectful yeah, about the saying pearls. She's rude. But Blue Ivy <laughs> is so right about like she's just so spot on in the way that she Oh I love wanted to dance. Oh I was gonna say I love in the
1: back like in the like in the behind the scenes when she's like no, Mom, you have to sing the song. Like, you can't leave these songs out. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I'm i trying to remember what song. Diva. Was it? it was, oh, it was Diva. Diva. It was the one I wanted to hear personally because I think I turned to you and I was like, Diva's a people version of Hustler because she's talking yes. about she had to hustle in the business. And I'm like, and then she, I don't know. Blue Ivy speaks for the people. Blue Ivy does. Yeah. Yeah. She's on to something. For, for. <laughs> like, yes. I really loved... um. Her like disco looking custom made Balenciaga couture gown. It featured more than 8000 embroidered crystal rhinestones. A lot of her outfits, though, really
0: were gorgeous
1: and were honestly art in themselves.
0: Very much so. I even love, you know, speaking of art, she definitely has a reverence for her crew, Mm -hmm. what it takes to put on a performance, fashion that obviously plays a key Part in her life because of Uncle Johnny and her mom, but also the designer she decides to highlight mm-hmm. on this tour. I mean, even like the uniform—pretty much everyone wears like metallic silver. Love it, cowboy hats, disco. Love it. I love all the disco elements. Same. Like um, on the set,
1: it's, the the big uh, horse, the giant horse sleigh. Like, yeah, I love to even like the way she used like those LED. I guess panels I, or like having like it cut out in a circle added like some depth
0: it just looked really cool i i know i was swifty i would have loved to have gone to the Eras tour yeah the renaissance tour would have been the tour though that's yeah. that's gorgeous yeah. i don't know i on my bucket list if she actually does her vegas residency oh my god i i'm very tempted i
1: would love to just see beyonce in concert at least once Mm -hmm. and vegas would also be just a wild time i think for sure but
0: i mean now that we can't see celine beyonce (sighs) will do yeah for sure yeah (laughs) um i guess lastly i also love how she a lot of renaissance is inspired by 90s house music Mm -hmm. and she has a lot of performers that she gives flowers to like a lot of well, how would you describe people that Vogue and people that are in that scene, like um ball culture? Yes, nailed it. What is his name? Oh, the young no, uh, not Honey Balenciaga. Um, the the man that does all the <gasps> the voice, mother of the house, the voice man, the voice. Yes, he's the voice of the house. Oh, his name is Kevin Jay Z Prodigy. He does the interludes. Yes, but they brought him on tour, which is crazy. You know, usually on a tour, they would have like a track? Yeah, like a track, just a pre recorded track. And he's there. He's there. And she had all these performers, these dancers that, like, you know, that are a part of ball culture, mm-hmm. all there. And she lists them by name in the movie. And that's so cool. No, it is very cool. Because as much as, like, we love, as a culture, RuPaul's Drag Race, it is really funny how a lot of people don't know, like, who T.S. Madison is. I don't
1: know who T.S. Madison is.
0: They are big in the drag scene. Like, they ah.
1: take people under their wing. Was she on the, is she in the tour as well?
0: She is. I know her name was in Renaissance. Like Yeah. they Because, you know, there's that segment. She looks familiar. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Anyways. I hope I didn't butcher because I know drag culture and ball culture aren't exactly the same thing. Yeah. But their worlds seem to. Yeah, they c- collide. Collide. They they, we- they web can- a weeb. Yeah. A- no, weave a web. Yeah. Web a weave. <laughs> they web a
1: weave. <laughs> and they also web a weave. That sounds really cool. Weave. Wig. We-
0: <laughs> Out of my tubs here. That's why Taylor Swift sticks to what she knows. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Speaking of Taylor Swift. Yeah. She she is our person of the year. (laughs) Not Beyonce. That is right. Yeah. Did you see the cover? Oh, wait. This cover with the cat? I love the the photo of her with Benjamin Button, her cat.
1: Benjamin Button. That is really... That's a cute name for a cat.
0: I love... Taylor Swift in recent years, I think the best she's looked truly is when she was on SNL performing All Too Well 10-Minute Version. Mm. And this photo shoot, for the majority of it, she's wearing a very similar outfit. Yeah, it's all black. She's got a leotard. The red lip, the hair,
1: kind of straight, kind of wavy. I like this look on her too. Like it's like a gray. I don't know if it's like a corset top or another leotard, but it's like bedazzled, but it looks great on her.
0: I love it. It's kind of 1950s-esque. It is. She definitely likes... To channel that.
1: Yeah. She does it well though. She does. Yeah. She's Um, got that um that classic red lip look that we all like.
0: That we all the whole world (laughs) is possessed by Taylor Swift. Yeah. I think she is so deserving of person of the year. Um I mean this thing happens you know, you know how Person of the Year. Yeah. Person of the Year is like, you know, it's been like Elon Musk or Sure. The the Zuck yeah you know but i think she's more than deserving of it because this has been the year of taylor swift for her co- accomplishments she's just. basically started a cult <laughs> i mean truly like just dealing with a little bit yeah of swifties just from what we've talked about just from in taking so many tiktoks people on the street internet discourse she's really <laughs> you're like she deserves this she's creating a cult she's creating a cult Um, but I mean, she also has a lot of influence. Definitely. She is the person of the year. She is the moment. She is the impact. From what we saw in that theater. She has a lot of influence. I mean, there's videos of people when she does Willow, like truly like cult dancing in the theaters. Like I I think it's safe to say that she's penetrated the culture very deeply. Yeah. But the only thing about the interview that I was a little not as pleased with, I don't think Taylor says she should talk about men. Yeah. Like, I, I get it. And I, I get, like, you know, she totally can talk about whatever she wants to talk about. It's her interview. But it is a very interesting thing where I don't know if she feels the need to. Like, I was always even bothered that she was like, Joe Alwyn is William Bowery. And he wrote all these songs. It, it always seems weird when she talks about mm. her boyfriend's. It also kind of takes away. So I would have loved it if she didn't.
1: I don't. I mean, you know, well, I think about Beyonce, of -hmm. course. She doesn't really talk about Jay-Z. Like, it's so funny watching Renaissance because he's literally just there on the sidelines. Like, I mean, he's like supporting
0: her and stuff, but like she doesn't really talk about him. You know the memes of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift where they're like, she's everything and he's just Ken? He's just Ken. That's Beyonce and Jay-Z. Definitely. And Jay-Z is a millionaire. Uh-huh. Who's a very successful rapper and entrepreneur. Yeah. And he's just Ken. Like mm. truly. Like she doesn't like go out of her way. She does not. <laughs> um, But the wildest things about the time People of the Year article, or person of the Year article, is she says that Paul Thomas Anderson's masterpiece film, Phantom Thread, starring Daniel Day Lewis, mm-hmm. was her inspiration for Mastermind.
1: Huh, really? I've never seen Phantom Thread, so I don't know. Was he a mastermind? Yeah,
0: yeah. I guess the ending scene, which I don't want to spoil it. It's okay. But you can just spoil it. No, it's very good. He's a mastermind. <laughs> He writes the names and the clothes. She uh, okay. There's like some sneaky
1: okay Easter eggs. Is that
0: Uh, I don't know. I I also think as much as I love Taylor Swift, she's a a sneaky little liar. And I'm like I don't know if I believe. (laughs) Do you think she's just saying this after the fact? I don't know. She also in this interview says I'm collecting Horcruxes. I'm collecting Infinity Stones. Gandalf's voice is in my head every time I put out a new one what? for me it's a movie now wait Gandalf wait wait and she's talking
1: about infin- her re-records she's referencing Harry Potter and that's a lot
0: and Marvel mm-hmm.
1: yeah Infinity Stones and Gandalf
0: that's just one that's a lot of fuck whoa right. that she just said which is why I'm like I don't know was she inspired by Phantom Thread I don't know huh but
1: she said it Who's to say with Taylor? I mean, she's a genius for sure. I guess I'll yes
0: and and believe that. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She could be telling the truth. I mean, why would she lie? But also, why would she tell the truth? Also, <laughs> girl, that's a crazy quote. Yeah,
1: I feel like it's just a little wild. I feel Both of those quotes are a little
0: bit odd to me, but it is hilarious, though. It is hilarious that she would also just randomly be like, you know, I was inspired by Phantom Thread. Mastermind. You know? Yeah.
1: Didn't that come out recently-ish, though? 2017. Oh, gotcha. My mind, like, 2017 was, like, just a couple of years ago. Me
0: too. I think, and you, you can cut this out or cut this in, I think that Taylor Swift uses movie references. Like, I don't think she's very in touch with the world, it would seem, because the last time she referenced things was like Sexy Baby, about 30 Rock, yeah. and then Lavender Hayes, Mad Men. Okay. So I don't know. And I, Horcruxes, like, no one really thinks about Harry Potter anymore.
1: No. You know? Also Horcruxes. In- is, is she splitting her soul? Is this like, does this mean something? Because that's what you do when you have a Horcrux. That's how you make one, is you split your soul into like pieces or something. That's
0: very poetic. Kind of scary, too. It's very creepy to think about that. But also, you're the nerdier one <laughs> of the two. Uh-huh. I'm collecting horcruxes. Uh-huh. So that's like souls, right? Sure. But like, it's like your soul
1: that you split.
0: Yes, which I totally get as re records songs that you split. But okay. then she goes on to say, I'm collecting infinity stones. Okay. So
1: things that could just like
0: destroy everything. Like,. But Black if you collect male?
1: them all, you own it. You do, but then aren't they dangerous put together?
0: Well, if, unless you're Thanos, then th- wouldn't that be great for you? If you like, well, if you you're Thanos. the power of yeah. She's saying she saying there's A lot of power. And also, if you're collecting Horcruxes, who is she? In the situation.
1: Yeah, is she like Voldemort? Is she Harry? Because that
0: also could be, right? Like, isn't it kinda weird that she's also I, like I'm fan
1: Yeah, is she saying she's like the most she's like, I'm Voldemort, I'm saying This is what I'm hearing. I don't know if this is what she's saying. saying I don't know if she knows what she's saying, but this is how I'm taking it. And wait, she
0: what did she say about Gandalf? Gandalf's voice is in my head every time I put out a new one. What my is precious. Says?
1: Wait. That's what But Gandalf is the beard man Right Isn't he the, the I thought Gandalf Was like the old man Like Oh that's true You shall not pass So
0: not Gollum Yeah you're thinking Gollum Well that would have made more sense If, if she's Gollum like my precious. precious Oh the stone If she's collecting them Yeah I don't understand Can someone decode
1: this Ugh we don't have to. We don't have to spend. All this. We don't have the time to. We need the board to just. Yes. with All the pins and the the string and just. Oh, she
0: either is a mastermind or she's just fucking with us. Of Truly, I think she's just fucking with us. I think she's yeah. like, what if I just throw all these characters that millennials <laughs> have near and dear to their heart together? She's like they'll figure
1: this out. Yeah. Or
0: not. They'll know. Yeah. Also, horcruxes, which I've never heard someone say in a positive way. Yeah, I'm like that's poetic, but also I'm a little disturbed.
1: Yeah, it sounds cool, but I'm also scared.
0: <laughs> is she also collecting our souls? Possibly. It's because uh, old Taylor's dead. She's not defeating those Illuminati <laughs> uh, allegations. I know. Whew. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I didn't think that was, was going to turn out. Um, I was like, "Yeah, you're right."
1: Taylor's first of the <laughs> year, but she does our first of the year. We stand by that and. Um,
0: Any question? I mean, yeah, I don't know how to (laughs) say. Well, speaking of people, no, speaking of people on this planet, (laughs) (laughs) no. Well, I would say Taylor Swift is an it girl of the moment. Yeah, she really is the closest thing right now to an it girl obviously like a girl criteria kind of nixes her from that but right but um i feel like because today we're gonna talk about chloe seven as yes. our main topic that is the main topic we just we just went down a, a couple different roads yeah i think taylor swift in chloe sevigny are pretty much polar opposites okay yeah i think i'm gonna say they're the same i was like "Wait, wait wait no 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 i'm not like one of those random tiktok accounts that like tries to compare taylor swift to everything you know yeah okay we don't have to do that um yeah they're very different very
1: different i feel like chloe sevigny is probably the definition of cool like cooler than cool
0: Ice cold, ice cold. All right, all right, all right, right. all right. Speaking of making an outcast reference, you know how Andre three thousand when he met Erika Badu was basically like under a spell, Mm -hmm. and you know people were like he's just so infatuated with her that he'll he'll join a cult, he'll convert to a religion. You know, it's Erika Badu though, truly. But I feel that that way about Chloe Sevigny. Yes, like she just. Every time you see her in a film or you hear her speak, you learn more and more about her. She is a bit of like a mystery. Mm-hmm.
1: But like, it's like you're so intrigued by her and you want to know more. And
0: she doesn't give you a... she She's not like a closed book. No. You'll listen to her in interviews and she'll answer questions. She seems like a pretty open book. Yeah. But still so mysterious. But still mysterious. I think because she's... It's like she's got a quiet coolness
1: about her. And I think her acting, too. She does these roles where a lot of her, like, she's like an observer a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And she, I mean, she definitely does have things to say, but she just, like, she expresses a lot just in her face, like her reactions to things. Like, you kind of know what she's thinking, but it's like, you're right. She's not like a closed book, but she's not, like, super loud, I
0: guess. She's just, she's... You know what, actually talking about Beyonce or Taylor Swift, you know, they seem almost superhuman. Yeah, truly. When you look at Chloe Sevigny, she seems so human Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's just, I don't think I've ever seen that on screen before. I would have loved to been around and alive and during her rise because there is just something about her that's so human and so real, that's very rare. Like, I've never seen it before.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think she's a really great actor, and she brings a realness to her characters that you just kind of believe that that's her, or that, like, it just feels like it's relatable, and she is the moral compass most times. Most times. I feel, which is also kind of interesting, but kind of, Cool. And I think, I guess relatable if you have morals. (laughs) (laughs) What are those? But you know what I mean? Like, she's, I don't know what it is. It's very interesting, too, like, her choices that she's made throughout the years. Like, especially acting-wise. Like, I know she's done a lot of things. Like, she's been an it girl. She's kind of, she's been in the fashion world. She's designed
0: things. She's acted... She's done a lot. I mean, in the Directed? it girl way, yeah, you, you do a lot. I think Chloe Sevigny is this person that's so elusive, but also such a cornerstone for the termite girl. Mm-hmm. I think she's everything that you think of, everything I think of. And I, before we re- really researching this, I really only knew her from Tumblr. Yeah,
1: I mean, I knew of her, mm-hmm. but like. Not a lot. I feel like I still could learn more, (laughs) to be honest. Like She's not like a complete enigma, but it is hard to find things about. You know what I mean? Like I think because she's been a part of so many indie projects, which Mm -hmm. I think is so cool. um, She's not really in the
0: mainstream. No, but then when you you could ask people on the street, name an eight girl or name a 90s eight girl. And most times you would say Chloe Sevigny. Yeah. It's just the thing I think that just like. That it girl moniker name. I don't know. It just can hit a lot of people from a lot of different generations. Mm -hmm. Just when someone's cool. Yeah. And just got to recognize. And people gravitate towards them. Yeah. It's just Chloe Sevigny. For sure. Also. I've been thinking a lot. Yeah. Like, even before we researched Chloe Sevigny, I just, can we, like, this is the last month of 2023. oh my god yeah i am truly burnt out yeah (laughs) i i think this is this is the last year i think at least for me personally where and i don't care if this like loses me like any gen z points i have if i have any Mm -hmm. like i'm tired of everything being a core something core <laughs> oh my A god B- i have no idea what you were gonna say i'm like oh my god but no but everything is like this core or that core or this era and like i know it's not that serious or like coded yeah something this coded. coded which i mean i kind of am guilty of doing that but me too and everything is in these like boxes yeah and i get it and it's so funny to be like oh my god that's nikki coded or that's <laughs> You know, Chloe Sevigny coded. Yeah. And you know what? It, it's just vernacular. Sure. To be like, you know, it's cottagecore. Or it's Marie Antoinette core. I yeah. Know. You know what I mean? I know where you're going. Yeah. But it's we've done this now for like, what, two years? It's exhausting. <laughs> it's truly exhausting when you realize like we can say a lot of bad things about Gen X. Uh-huh. But dude, they were cool. They didn't have like the Internet like we did either they weren't raised on the internet like people like chloe sevigny were literally discovered on the streets yeah and their magnetism and their just aura they just dance through life Mm. and that's how she became an it girl she acts she didn't have to be like oh i'm this and she didn't have to worry about social media (laughs) yeah she just kind of could hang i love that I do too. I gotta tell you something. Yeah.
1: Confession. I have been considering going back to a flip phone. Yeah? (laughs) I've thought about it. I don't know if that'd be crazy though, because thinking of how long it would take to text,
0: but. I also feel like you treat your iPhone kind of like an old school phone. I do? A little bit. I feel like if you got a flip phone, you would not be able to get old. (laughs) you'd be like off the map <laughs> no i know that's my fear too but that's brie coded hey <laughs> if you see
1: me with a flip phone don't be surprised no i'm just kidding uh, oh, it crossed my mind though just to be mentally not as connected mm-hmm. to the online world like maybe just checking instagram you know what i'm saying like at home or where there's wi-fi or but then i'd also be like oh i don't know
0: pick the worst social media or maybe <laughs> x i don't know i really tiktok is the only social media we have left yeah let's not
1: pretend like it's
0: not like anything other than that
1: i agree i had the same thought the other day and what even is x like twitter doesn't really it's not Mm. the same and i don't get the same recommendations
0: they don't care they don't care about my needs yeah i I don't know it's an interesting thing to think about i think also talking about it girls like i think the only person i can look two in the public eye right now that seems to be doing it right is julia fox oh yeah 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 who is i love the how she's i love moment.
1: when she makes tiktoks and just talks to the camera she's like in the bathtub just like hey guys i just had this random thought and just
0: and that's it on us. and that's that and that's real and she also recently was like yeah i don't check my emails or my phone or I you know love that and i who love you? that messiness same i yeah i I don't know. Like there's a part of me that when I see people be like, this is my corporate nine to five. This is my pristine. I'm like, we're done with our clean girl era. I feel this. We're back to mess. Yeah. We are going to be a mess. Like put your shoes in that oven. Be a mess. (laughs) Be a mess. I like it. 2024. (laughs) Be a mess. I like it. Um, and Chloe Sevigny only comes across like that. I think in real life she seems to be a little more put together. Put together yeah.
1: I don't think she's super messy but I think her style is unique and eclectic and mm-hmm. she's just kind of she does whatever she
0: wants in the yeah, moment. Exactly. I
1: love that. I think that's an inspiration.
0: Yes. I hope we didn't go on too far of a tangent. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. But just talking about the 90s makes me feel and talking about Chloe Sevigny it's like Mark to the beat of your own drum, you know? Yes. Yeah. And it's an like, Aquarius rising. I just, I feel that in my core, you know? Yeah. So
1: when did you discover Chloe Sevigny?
0: So when I was in college, mm-hmm. I, well, we were in the same classes, but I did a lot of experimental theater. Ooh. And I did, you say that like I you know. don't
1: <laughs> You're like, oh <laughs> Like <laughs> the, I wasn't in that experimental theater class with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It was like that one one time you were like, what? I don't know. I
0: feel like it, on this podcast, sometimes I just forget who I am and where I am. It's like, you're like, what? Yeah, I never heard that before. But um, yeah, I did, you know, experimental theater. Yeah. But also I, we had a really cool independent movie theater near us. Mm-hmm. And I just, because I was on Tumblr, I familiarized with my, a lot of like, Nineties aesthetics and movies and TV shows and style icons like Chloe. Mm-hmm. So definitely through Tumblr but also there was that side of Tumblr where they'd show like GIFs of Goddard films. Mm-hmm. And then from there I kind of was like oh Godard is cool in 60s but Tumblr would also show me like really cool like 90s independent films mm-hmm. like The Last Days of Disco which I was like obsessed with that aesthetic. And, you know, from there and just from like my film nerd friends recommendations, I was familiar with Harmony Corinne. Right. So it was always like a mission of mine to see Gummo, which I still haven't. have you have seen Gummo? <laughs> still haven't. Um, But it's a mission. But and it's you're a committed a to it. <laughs> but also, you know, Larry Clark's Kids yeah. was, I think it's a movie that, a lot of people get introduced to if they study film in college mm,
1: okay. just because
0: it's it's something that's very provocative i was literally thinking
1: about this I, I haven't seen kids but from what i've read about it it's talks about like teens mm-hmm. and they talk about sex or thing like drugs like and it makes me think the only thing i can really reference right now i feel like is euphoria cuz we have that <laughs> like that's the most controversial kind of teen drama but I wonder if that set the the stage for that kind of thing to open up like these teens experience, I guess, that I don't know, because I'm sure teenagers do certain things that we, they just don't talk about or for show, you know sure. what I mean? Like just that line of like how much is OK to show on TV or in a movie. and yeah. Well, and I think about Spring Breakers, like talking about Harmony Corinne, like, you know, you know I what I'm ride, saying?
0: from what I've seen, I ride for Harmony Corinne more than anyone. And you yeah. know that? Like, I don't know, something about this man and I just connect. Just click, yeah. Um, that was my big takeaway of 2023. I'm a Corinne Stan. But kids, I think more than like a Skins or Euphoria, from my understanding, is there wasn't a film before this that depicted. So Larry Clark and Harmony Corinne. Literally, we're picking people up, including Rosario Dawson, mm. like from the skate park. Yeah. So it was actually real people. And it's something that like with skins or euphoria is being fabricated for a TV show, obviously, and to provoke mm. in that way. But in kids, that realism is like there. Like it's like interviews almost. Yeah. And it's not shot glossy. No. it's uh, Yeah. It's not. People that are ridiculously beautiful looking like jacob alorty who's been in my dreams for about two weeks (laughs) i don't know what that says (laughs) i don't know i'm in love with that tall man um who isn't no really but um but yeah it's yeah it's not glossy it's not and i don't think anything that chloe sevigny has been in has been glossy no i mean even her so chloe sevigny was born on november 18th In 1974, she grew up in Darien, Connecticut, and she's an American actress, model, and fashion designer. Mm -hmm. But she is, like we were talking about, known for her work in independent films. And she often chooses really controversial and experimental films. I love that. I think that's so interesting. I mean, she's turned down Selma Blair's role as Vivian in Legally Blonde to do... what What is the movie called? Um... Oh yeah, what movie? Um, she did a French techno thriller, *Demon Lover* in two thousand two. Yes. Um. Yeah. Wild. But she, but she didn't choose *Legally Blonde* because she didn't want to sell out. Yeah. But then for *Demon Lover*, she was required to learn her lines in French, so that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. And that's commendable. That's very Gen X. Selling out—that's a a thing. Yeah, I I think
1: she would have done a good job in that role though, because it. Because Selma Blair, you know, she's like kind of like angsty, kind of like, I don't know. Like um, like Ivy League. Ivy League, yeah. Snooty. Snooty. But yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think she's been in many... Ma- Isn't the most mainstream thing she's been in is like Big Love? Big Love. Yeah. I think. Or, well, she was an American Horror Story, but that wasn't really mainstream. Well, it had like... Because that's how I... Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, Brian didn't even ask. How did you? That's how I was like... Introduce. I think I had heard of her, but I didn't know much about her. I'm like, who is this person? Why should I care? Basically, you yeah. know what I mean. I'm like, okay, like I don't know. Like I've see photos of her, but I wouldn't really have a connection. But I remember in I want to say it's season two of American Horror Story. She it's an Asylum.
0: Is that the name game
1: one? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. And she plays a character that is like a nymphomaniac but they like, it's the sixties. So they lock her up, but she's not even that crazy. And cause she's like, oh, in France, I'd be celebrated. Like, I mean, come on guys. Am I really that crazy? Like, and I don't know. It's, I, I remember thinking, wow, like she's a good actor. Like, okay, that's cool. And just, she was in the back of my mind, but I don't know. And then Portlandia, I feel like I've oh, seen yeah, her on she's TV in Portlandia. shows. Yeah. I really enjoyed her in Portlandia. Um, but I feel like I've only gotten like a taste of her. You know, until a little more recently when we watched um, Boys Don't Cry and then Last Days of Disco. I mean, one of my favorite films
0: is American Psycho. So I do know her from
1: that. American Psycho.
0: But I don't think about her. Like even Boys Don't Cry. That's the role that she got the Academy Award nomination for. Mm -hmm. Um, And her performance is really good. Yes. But Chloe Sevigny, in my mind, has always been such a... Maybe this is a tribute to do her talent because she blends into these characters very well. When I think boys don't cry, I think of Hilary Swank in that performance. And that just shakes me to my core, but it's because Chloe Sevigny's performance also is so real and elevates it. I assume Chloe Sevigny is like that real person.
1: Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. And I know she said that she cares more about being like in the ensemble cast, like for the sake of art and like, likes to work with the director and goes after roles more, because of the director and mm-hmm. not so much like the role itself. She's like, yeah, I, I'm not like super like excited or anything about like, you know, like maybe I'm playing a waitress or, uh or whatever secretary. It doesn't really matter, but it's because there's a bigger picture that, yeah. she, that, you know, like there's a bigger vision, which I think is really cool because she's not like after it for the fame. Like for that, you know what I mean? Like she's not, she doesn't really care. She just wants to make the art. And I think that's yeah. awesome. I can respect that.
0: Truly. And I know we're jumping around, but like, When she, because she made her film debut in Kids in 1995. Mm -hmm. And I was reading this interview. I think it could be the 1994 interview where they call her the coolest girl in the world. Yes. But they ask her about what she's going to do after the movie. And she was like, I don't know. I might live with my mom in Darien, Connecticut again. I might move back. I don't really have a plan. And something about that is, is very refreshing. Yeah. I think in a day and age now where it's like we're expected to at 21 have everything figured out. Yeah. And have a plan or pretend like you have a plan and her freedom <laughs> to just be like, I don't know. I'll do whatever. Just see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, obviously, it, well, her fame only grew. But yeah, I know
1: like when she did, is it brown the brown bunny? Oh, yeah. because she didn't realize how famous she was because there was, like a lot of backlash for that one scene, you know, the-
0: mm-hmm. it's directed by Vincent Gallo, mm-hmm. who's a very controversial figure. I know these people say that about Harmony Corinne and people like that, but Vincent Gallo's actually, like, yeah, divisive. Most people would, if you mention him, would not say, anything positive you know what i mean yeah like i feel like with a harmony corinne or lars von trier you get like they have a vision in their artists vincent is a lot more divisive Mm. just right out the gate but so yeah brown bunny chloe sevigny pulls a holly berry in monsters ball oh yeah allegedly i don't know i'm convinced (laughs) don't quote me on that strike that but (laughs) chloe sevigny actually performs oral sex yeah
1: very controversial. I mean, apparently when she talks about it, she says she doesn't regret it <clears throat> and that it makes sense in the context of the movie and it's like one of those movies that should be in a museum or it's like it's like a see, I haven't I don't know.
0: She said it was like an Andy Warhol. Yeah. <laughs> like piece maybe, of art.
1: maybe it was. I haven't I, seen
0: it. I don't know. Vincent Gallo kinda <laughs> gives me the creeps.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely wild. Because it's like, that's not exactly act. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, where's the line? But like, she is giving herself to the art, I guess. Which, I don't know. I mean,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know what's interesting? Because there was a lot of backlash about the Brown Bunny. But Minhola Dargis of the New York Times, she says, Actresses have been asked and even bullied into performing similar acts for filmmakers since the movies began. Mm -hmm. Usually behind closed doors. Miss Sevigny isn't hiding behind anyone's desk. She says her lines with feeling and puts her iconoclassism right out there where everyone can see it. She may be nuts, but she's also unforgettable. And Roger Ebert did say he was very critical about the film, but he did say Sevigny brought a lot of truth and vulnerability. So she had to be doing something right. Oh, yeah. You know, and Roger Ebert was notorious for like giving Chloe Sevigny a lot of A lot of props for that rawness and vulnerability, despite the project.
1: Yeah. I mean, she believed in it. So, I mean, I don't know. I think as an artist, you do have to be kind of choosy. I think it's cool that she at least had, like, you know, didn't just say
0: yes to everything. She's actually doing it for the art. I think it's a lot of things, like, when you go to school for this stuff, like, people that have certain beliefs tell you to do, and then you get out into the real world, and you're like, well, that's fine, but I need to pay my bills. Like, yeah. You know, but Chloe Sevigny is is someone that seems like she's like, oh, yeah, I'll do this because it's for the art. Right.
1: Why not? I mean, apparently she was still pretty much paycheck to paycheck for like a good chunk of her early career.
0: And she didn't care.
1: She didn't care. No, it paid enough of the bills. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Also having fun. And I'm sure Chloe Sevigny, who was a designer darling Mm -hmm. to some degree, probably because she played so hard to get. But. You know, I'm sure she got a lot of, a lot of free clothes. a got a lot of, like, opportunities to keep her going along. I think that's the it girl factor that, yeah, that really did help Sevigny afloat in a good way. Definitely. Yeah. Would you like to talk about her fashion? I would love to. It's a, I feel
1: like it's such a wild, like, inception, I guess, of her, like, you know, like, being discovered, like, how things just happen in that it girl way, like, she yeah. just decides one day to like take the train or whatever and steps out on the streets of New
0: York and gets noticed. Yeah. So tell me about that because I know, you know, even in high school, Chloe Sevigny was taking, you know, the train in from Connecticut to New York. Like she'd skip school and she'd go. And that's how she met the person who discovered her. That's how she met Harmony Korine. Yes. So she was at age 17. Um
1: she was spotted by Andrea Lynette, so she was the fashion editor of Sassy magazine. She was so impressed by her style that she asked Seventy Eight to model for the magazine, and then she later made her an intern. So it just kind of happened. Like I guess whatever she was wearing made such an impact. I know Seventy Eight said that she was in. Like some of her inspiration started in eighth grade when her older brother was like dating this girl, this alt girl from California. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, I want to be alt. And
0: that's when we get the iconic high school photo of her. That's always on the skateboard. On the skateboard.
1: Yeah. Of her with the buzz cut. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's really cool. It's cool to hear people like even like someone that we can look up to as our it girl also had like their own version of an it girl, even Mm. though you know what I'm saying? Like,
0: oh, yeah. Even local. I love that idea. I feel like most it girls don't have these like big like overarching like this person it's always like oh the girl's on the street i'm inspired by like little things yeah i know she also went to
1: thrift stores a lot with her mom Mm -hmm. like they never could just not like they they had to stop in if there was one like they couldn't pass a thrift store i'm like oh i love that it's a vibe
0: also when she was an early teen she dated someone who was a deadhead Uh, oh yeah yeah and she experimented with hallucinogenics but she also, because of that deadhead culture, was for a brief stint into spinner dresses. Right. Which are those hippie dresses. The and hippie dippy. Yeah. Yeah. And then she was like a little, like a punk. And, you know, she's, a, she's done it all. Yeah. Was she discovered with the bowl cut? I I wonder. Because timeline wise, I'm like, that's crazy. I know. I'm like, was it that bowl cut? Yeah. It has to have <laughs> been the <that> bowl cut. <laughs>
1: I'd like to think so. Um, too.
0: How would you describe Chloe Sevigny's style? I mean,
1: to be honest, I don't think it's anything too crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of cozy. It's kind of relaxed in a way, but I don't know. It's hard to define because I do think it is eclectic. You can tell she takes inspo from various things. I don't know. It's her style, like she has like a mix of like designer fits and like regular clothes. Like I know during the 90s she was interviewed, like, wearing just, like, a $10 outfit that she got at thrift shop. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's so interesting. Like, someone that can just wear whatever. I don't know. I I feel like I'm making it sound like, I don't know how to put it into words. Like,
0: she's, even though she's from Connecticut, she is someone, well, literally from a very early age. She knew she was meant to be in New York City. Yeah. She's, you know, a lifelong almost now New Yorker. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I would describe her style as very downtown New York. Downtown. But also club kid, like mm-hmm. 90s club kid. Oh, yeah. Like when
1: she wears those like dresses with the tights, like the party dresses. Mm-hmm. It's like, especially
0: the the asymmetrical dress with the tiger. The tiger tights. tights. That's
1: what I'm thinking. Yeah.
0: But especially 90s Chloe Sevigny, there's always an element where she'll have like a wash of colorful eyeshadow and like spider lashes, mm-hmm. but like no other makeup or no other makeup and like a slapped on red lip. Red lip. I love when she does the red lip. It's almost deconstructed. Like her idea of beauty is a lot of the bare bones of of beauty. Like she's not someone who she's not over the top. She's not going to do a full beat. Yeah. She's not gonna put on something just for the sake of putting something on. Like it's practical. Yeah. She'll see something she likes and just throw it on her body. And that's what a Truett girl really exemplifies. It's like, you don't really care about the brand. You just, you see it, you like it, you, you wear it. Yeah. You like those tiger print, you know, but that's like the club kick coming in. Cause you know, it's just a little flash, a little like mm-hmm. costume. Yeah. Moment, you know, a little something, yeah. you know, she doesn't take herself too seriously in fashion.
1: I love that about her. Like, I love, I think this is re- kind of recent too, but she has this one outfit where she wears like these huge balloon style pants. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think those are so funky and fun. I feel like her, fa- her like, sense of style is definitely, it's funky and it's unique. And
0: it's just a sense. Because, you know, we talked about Alexa Chung a couple weeks ago, and she definitely has a uniform Alexa Chung. Mm-hmm. With Chloe Sevigny... She just wears whatever she wants to wear. Like, yeah. There's no, you know, there's no, like, ID article of, like, what <laughs> Chloe's, ha- how to dress like Chloe dress? Seven-Yang. No,
1: that's what I mean. It's, like, hard to define. You're right. She doesn't have, like, a like a uniform. Like, she doesn't stick to one thing. She just. Yeah.
0: It isn't like how to dress like Carolyn Bessette Kennedy. Like, you can't put Chloe Sevigny in a box. No.
1: I feel like, on the- for the most part, too, she tries to stay on the pulse. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean she has done some collabs with um the Vestaire,
0: Vessier Collective, is that how you
1: say it? Vessier? Yeah, I think so. They I know she's done like yeah, like a vintage collab which is really cool. But I was thinking about this, like a lot of her looks I guess they're not exactly vintage. Like if when she goes thrifting too, it's not really about that so much. It's just
0: about being on the pulse of yeah. She's, what's she she seems like someone that like you were just looking at the Karl Lagerfeld. I don't know the if that's the designer of that dress, that violin dress. It, it is. A, it's a Chloe dress, but it was designed by Karl Lagerfeld. That's why I was like, wait. So it is. But I, I was like, Karl Lagerfeld. Like Chanel? Carl Lagerfeld, his brand that he created before he died? Yeah. No, no, no. Like yeah. what it's a Chloe dress. It's a Chloe, yeah. Okay. He just Okay, but he's involved. It's an eighty-three okay, cool. I'm like, wait a second. Like I know that's in reference to him, but I was like, wait, what era of Carl is this? There's a lot of
1: eras. You know what's funny speaking of him and speaking of Chloe Sevenier, That she like kind of calls him out. Like there's like a quote of her saying, like, Clara Lagerfeld ruined Chanel. And that's kind of bold. <laughs> and then here she's wearing like one of his dresses later. Like, later on though. But like it's it's kind of cool that she had these opinions back in the day. Like I think this is like one of her like interviews in her like It Girl Prime. She's just
0: like, oh, can you believe what Carl Lagerfeld is doing? Like, well, she would leave designers on red. And that's what would make them want her more. I love that. That's like she did not power move. care. And I don't even think it was like like a. Back to Taylor Swift, a mastermind, Phantom Thread moment. You know, I think that's just she wasn't vibing. She wasn't
1: vibing. She's being true to herself. Yeah,
0: I love it. So she did do a collab with Open Ceremony in 2009. Yes. Which I've seen before. Maybe that's actually where my first like Chloe Sevigny. Like on Tumblr? Or even before. Just, I don't know, what whatever blog it was before, you know? Yeah. But um, she talks about her style a little bit during that time. And she says that, I think it came from my father. He was always a very stylish man. He inspired a lot of the collection, like the preppy pieces. And I was always into fashion magazines. When I was in high school, the library had like four years worth of Vogue that they were throwing out. And I took them home and hoarded them. So it's something I've always been into. And I dress myself. I think that's the difference between me and a lot of actresses. That's a vibe. Yeah. So I think I can see that. And also it shows. I think that's the thing where it's like she sees that Chloe 1983 mm-hmm. by Karl Lagerfeld and says, I like to wear that even though I think he was trash. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. She's not like this is a political statement. This is who I am. This is my brand. Yeah. She's just like I like that.
1: I like it. I'll wear it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't like that. I'm not gonna I'm not, wear it. Yeah.
1: I think it's neat though that she just collabs with different fashion houses and
0: Yeah. I love her her ex-girl moment. Yes. The, oh yeah, we didn't 90s. talk about ex
1: girl. Yeah that's right. That's I feel I thought we would start there, but I don't know. <laughs> it's <laughs>
0: just there's so much to talk about with her. Truly. Um Yeah, she modeled for Mm X-Girl, which, you know, the Beastie Boys had X-Large. And then this was like an offshoot of that. And it was Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth's project.
1: I wonder if she ran in the same circles as Sofia Coppola or just for that moment. Like, can you imagine just being in New York (sighs) while all this is happening and having like guerrilla style fashion shows? Well, they must
0: be. Chloe Sevigny is also tight with Marc Jacobs. Oh, Yeah. They would Ugh. have.
1: Ha- they would have had to.
0: They would have kikied together. They would have had
1: to have a kiki.
0: I just want to know what they would have kikied about. I want to be able to fly on the wall because you know, at this time, Chloe Sevigny would have been dating Harmony Corinne. Uh huh. Sophia Coppola, Spike Jones. Right. That sounds like a cool hang. Wild. Lots of men with big noses. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> lots of <laughs> Stratton. Yeah. Working with Kim Gordon. Just being in the proximity of a member of Sonic Youth at all times. Being,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Which I love. Yeah.
1: Which that film that they made, that short film. It's so cool. It is very cool. It's like very experimental. It doesn't it's, make a whole lot of sense, but I love that.
0: I I love it. it. It's like if a bunch of like Gen X alt rock people made a Godard film. It's definitely cool. It I don't know. I like it. I do too. I, I love things like that. I love things that like really don't make sense and it's like artsy. Oh, also, she modeled for X-Girl, of course, but she also appeared in a Sonic Youth and Eleven Heads music video.
1: Right. That's another way she got discovered, right? She was just in this scene.
0: Just like Sophia Coppola. Just like, like, like Sophia.
1: It's hard not like they were very parallel in this way. And I think the fact that they also both worked with Kim Gordon, like with X-Girl, like it's like, oh, they were
0: in it. They're the the girls of the moment. They're the girls of the moment. Um, But yeah, this was around the time that like we were talking about Jay McInerney. He famously described her in The New Yorker as the coolest girl in the world, which she kind of was. He also said, all the kids think she's a shit. All the store owners think she's a shit. What's interesting about Chloe is she spans both scenes, the whole grunge thing and the whole rape thing. Chloe really is a symbol for all those kids. But she does keep to herself. I think that's probably the key, too. Like, I think Sofia Coppola is like this, too. But, like, the silent confidence, Mm -hmm. that was very cool during that time. And I think it still is. I think it still is. Yeah. Like, I think think growing up, because I was a little more reserved and a little more shy, unless I was on stage, like, I was always viewed as a bad thing. Like, if you're shy, you're a snob. If you're shy, you're, like, lesser than. Mm. But I think as you grow up... It's cooler. It is cooler. And I think people don't tell you that. I think it's a lot of like insecure adults. So it's cool seeing people like Sophia Coppola and Chloe Sevigny. I do agree. Like, I feel like it's refreshing to see shy
1: people thrive. Like, yes. I'm like, I feel seen because I am pretty shy. But like, you don't have to be loud to get noticed or to be important or like... Like, that's the message I'm taking away from Chloe Sevigny anyways, because she... And yet when you think about it, yes, Sofia Coppola is, she's admitted to being kind of like shy, like not, you know, yeah. but she has like these visions, like she's very artistic. Chloe Sevigny is very artistic, like she does these projects. She plays all these roles that are very human and just make you feel
0: something. Well, she said from early on, I'm going to be an actor's actor, mm-hmm. which is brave and bold to me. Like, I know it's not like... You know, she wasn't like curing so cancer, so- but yeah, but like there is something to that about being like I'm going to pick projects that challenge me, mm-hmm. and with people I want to work with, things that push me, having that sensibility people, to just and be like, you know what, I'm not going to sell out. And then when she sells out, it's for big love, and even that's not like selling out. Yeah, you know, it's maybe more for a paycheck, but she's never really been like i'm gonna do a procedural or i'm gonna do this just for the money you know right and that's admirable especially in today's day and age i feel like influencer culture it's like it's all for the money. it's all for the money it's all for selling (laughs) out opposite yeah and it's almost like tricking the audience to be like i'm this real person using this real thing but it's It's actually an ad yeah so i don't like it I don't either. I mean, I also think it's really cool that she picks projects like she was in Party Monster in two thousand three with Macaulay Culkin, mm-hmm. but she hung out with the actual Party Monster, James St. James. Mm. But she was in that club scene in the nineties. That's how
1: she met Harmony Corinne too. Mm-hmm. Like the, you just meet people, I guess, when you're when you're out there clubbing when you're. Dance in the last days of disco. Oh, my gosh. We finally saw the last days of disco the other day. I love your top, by the way. Thank you. It's like the same top that she was wearing.
0: It's the exact same top she's wearing. That was awesome. And it would have been vintage then, and it's vintage now. Yeah. I also really related to Kate Beckinsale's character, (laughs) and I was informed because I, like, put it on Instagram. I was like, this is, like, a relatable queen. Yeah. And it was Phyllis Gove who messaged and was like, it's very Marnie. She's like, <laughs> her character's very Marnie. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I'm never getting rid of the Marnie allegations. The <laughs> Marnie.
1: No, she's
0: back. <laughs> yes. um, But, yeah. That's okay. I
1: loved Marnie. I thought she was funny, you know. She had her quirks.
0: That's someone that's not, like, Chloe Sevigny either. Yeah. Like, like, you're trying way too hard, you know?
1: But you need a balance of both. I don't, I mean, in the last days of disco anyway, they, they're kind of opposites, but it makes it kind of interesting and funny.
0: They balance each other out a little bit. They do. I yeah. also love Chloe Sevigny when she's on a date and she's – because Kate Beckinsale's character gives her maybe good dating advice were to say anything oh, is sexy. Every, yeah, she's like just slip it in there. You can make anything sexy. Just- <laughs> she's like Scrooge McDuck. That's <laughs> sexy when she sees like the comic on the wall of the guy's place. I
1: busted out laughing so hard. Like that was, that was amazing. I feel like that's like something I would say though if I was like trying to be sexy. Like
0: me too. Which
1: I thought about this too. Like Chloe years, like she doesn't come off as like a super sexy kind of person, Mm -hmm. but like, she's not afraid to play these roles that like, she's not afraid to put her sexuality out there or just like the character's sexuality. Like just in general, like there's not a lot of shame around that, which I think is kind of cool.
0: I think it's crazy. Her, you know, kids was her debut Mm -hmm. and she plays someone that's HIV positive. And I mean, so much like to her credit and ability, but uh, people would come up to her after that movie I mean, because it looks so real and it is, you know, there's so much realism in kids. Yeah. But people would come up to her and hug her because they thought she was she was really really HIV positive. And it's interesting in the last days of disco too, she's she has all these oh my God, she, venereal diseases I know. from having sex one time, which the guy from Mean Girls was, was right. Oh
1: yeah. The coach. She, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What does he say? Like, never have sex or you'll die. You'll die, yeah. Yeah.
0: She doesn't die. Spoiler alert! But no.
1: But um. Okay. So Kate Beckinsale. I always want to say Beckinsale. <laughs> I can never say her name correct. Kate Beckinsale's character. I love when she just literally at the club out loud is just like, "Oh my god, this girl has the clap!" Like just like in front of everybody. Relatable. Just like word vomit. <laughs> and she did have the clap. But she did. Yeah. I don't know. It's wild. It's a fun... That movie takes you on a journey. I that enjoyed it. It is so it. fun.
0: I think it's so funny to, you know, I've been... We, we kind of both have, but, like, I've been on this kick of, like, wanting to watch a lot of 90s independent films. Yeah. Like, a lot of Parker Posey films or, like, Velvet Goldmine, you know, like, films of that ilk after seeing The Last Days of Disco and, like, looking up and researching what Stillman, who directed, wrote, and produced The Last Days of Disco, mm. and... This is apparently a trilogy. That's wild. And we've only seen the last one, but I'm ready to... Go in reverse. Yeah. Do the Stoneman trilogy. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Just like Taylor Swift, I'm collecting all my <laughs> Whit Stoneman <laughs> Infinity Stones. Yeah. But most importantly, Brie, mm. what are your favorite Chloe Sevigny fashion moments? Okay.
1: I mean, I do really enjoy the the one shoulder party dress with the tights, um, but I will say favorites. This one is, is recent, but I think she looks fabulous. Um, she's wearing like this all black ensemble um, to celebrate Mugler's collaboration with H&M. But like, I love like the stockings she's wearing with like the line down the front. Like they look very like vintage or something. I love it. And like. It's like a cutout blazer situation. Like, it's kind of 80s-ish or avant-garde. Like, there's a lot happening. I don't know. With the red lip.
0: And she has, like, a doctor's bag. I was very into that Mugler H&M collab just in general, especially the tight moment. Mm -hmm. But Chloe Stephanie is also a person that she doesn't let age define her. Like, she's 47. Yes. She just had a baby at 45. That is awesome. Queen. Like... She also just takes whatever trends like it's kind of random that, you know, she comes out of the woodwork sometimes and is like, yeah, I'm going to wear Mugler for H&M or she. But she just does it. She does
1: it so well. I also I love like I was talking about earlier, they're trapeze pants. Um, She's wearing like this Burt and Ernie looking sweater <laughs> And trapeze pants and like a bag that literally looks like a trash bag, but it's leather. It's I'm into this. Right? Isn't it great? I don't know. Also, if you just saw this person on the street, you might not like, like she does kind of
0: blend in in a way. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like She looks, she's one of the very few people on screen that actually like looks like a real person. Yeah. And I think that's what it's like stands, makes her stand out. It's very refreshing. Um, but even in fashion, like she's never like looked like something other than herself.
1: Yeah. Well, in 2007, I love this cutout fringe midi dress that she wears to a Vanity Fair Oscar party.
0: Oh, I love that dress. I love, I love her look there. The 20 or 2007 Vanity Fair party.
1: I like it a lot. It's almost like a bandage. Like it's not a bandage dress, but it looks almost like bandages coming apart. You know what I mean? I don't know. With little, little cutouts. I also, I really love this, um... It's like a long black—I don't know how to describe it. It's—it's it's not a kimono dress, but it's um,
0: ooh, mm-hmm.
1: you know what I mean. It's like got a mock neck situation, but it's all black, and then it has like some lace. Like it's—it's it's very subtle, but there's like some lace kind of maybe eyelet action there. Some—is this in 1998?
0: Yes, 1998
1: at the Pierre Hotel in New York in a black Xiong. G'zam style dress with black pointed pumps. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but
0: she looks fabulous. Dude, 98 was Chloe Sevigny's year. Definitely.
1: Oh yeah, and I have another one from 98. I really like this one. She kind of looks like a like a stylish businesswoman, but like cool. Um it was Oh, it's at the Last Days of Disco premiere. She has a gray high neck dress, crimson heels and a an Hermès Hermes bag, which I'm just realizing that's a dress. I thought it was a two-piece
0: or the way it looks kind of cut, but I, I think of when I think of Chloe Sevigny, I do think of that dress. Yeah. Low key.
1: What are your favorites?
0: Dude. Lay it on me. Chloe Sevigny in 2003 mm-hmm. was just doing it for me. She's surfing cunt left and right. Yeah. Okay. Don't know why she was there, but Chloe Sevigny at the Biscuit premiere, slay. She's just wearing a plain white dress. Oh, almost slip looking dress. But her hair. OK, this era of Chloe Sevigny, this one year, her hair. And I know I've said it before, but she is serving cunt like this hair. It's straight. It's almost Rachel from Friends-esque, like later seasons. And she has no eyebrows. When she has no eyebrows, I think she rocks it. I do, too. I love the no eyebrow look to my core. But something about her in 2003 was just different. Ooh. No, she looks fabulous. Also, same year, same sleigh, uh, Chloe Sevigny at the Party Monster premiere. Which, this isn't her dress, but look, just this look.
1: She's smoking.
0: Like, That she just didn't come to play around. I don't know. Something about her.
1: That look too. Like she's kind of smoldering a
0: bit. 2003. She was just feeling her oats. Yeah. Like
1: wasn't she on a high like in that kind of time? Like
0: truly. And also this is, you know, this is coming off her saying no to Legally Blonde. Her going yes to Party Monster. Yes to a weird French film. Mm -hmm. Saying yes to Party Monster. Yes to a Lars von Trier movie. I think it's her first of a couple because this is the year where she's in Dogville with Nicole Kidman. Right. Um, But yeah, it just something that was in the water for Chloe Sevigny in 2003.
1: And then didn't she also collaborate like around this time she was collaborating with Tara Subkoff, right? With the imitation of Christ, like doing that line. Mm -hmm. And I think she was like the creative director behind it. So she was just, she had her hand in all these different projects.
0: Something about it. Her hair like that with the no eyebrows. I think, I think that gave her the juice. That gave her the juice. That confidence. Yeah. Once you shave off your eyebrows. The most confident era emerges. Yeah. Like back to Gaga. Like my favorite Gaga era is Gaga era is the Born This Way era. Mm. She had like crazy cheekbones, yes. fake prosthetic coming out of her shoulders and no eyebrows. That's what I love. It's like Doja Cat, too, in her
1: era <laughs> now. I know it's controversial, but I love it. She shaved her head and and her eyebrows, I'm pretty sure.
0: Do you think just something comes over you when you shave your eyebrows? I think so. I'm like so tempted. Like, maybe not my eyebrows. Well, maybe. I don't know. Something does. Like, you do know, like, with Chloe Sevigny, she's... You know, in 2003, she's she's stepping out. Yeah. But also, she's doing all these film projects. And, you know, she's working on the fashion line. I feel like it's a confident era, is it has what to I'm be, trying yeah, to say. I don't say. think I'm
1: confident enough to shave my eyebrows right now. But maybe...
0: I would like to work up to that point. Well, I think it's just, it just happens to you, Brie. Like, yeah, you know, like, Chloe Sevigny, she was like feeling herself so much. She was like, I'm on top. I'm going to shave my eyebrows. Yeah. Cause yeah. that's the, lo- like, she's just so confident. Wow. Would you ever shave your
1: eyebrows? Cause you have really good, like perfectly shaped eyebrows. Thank you.
0: Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Why not? I mean, they'll grow back, right?
0: I would hope. God. Oh my God. You know <laughs> what? I probably wouldn't shave them. I would probably do the, you yeah, just glue them down, the like glue it down cover and cover them yeah do the yeah
1: yeah i know i thought that you could always do that as a test to see how you like it
0: for sure but
1: if you're confident enough you just shave them though i think that's the message the takeaway
0: truly or like bleach them bleach just them. your skin color yeah that could be fun
1: truly i feel like my eyebrows would just fall off if i tried to bleach them though they like my eyebrows are too thin like too fine you might have a chance i might
0: my eyebrows are very like thin though. Like I feel like I only have, I only have this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if they're a little bushier, I was like, this is all I got. Yeah. So I got a good vibe though. Yeah, for sure. Well, anything else about Chloe Sevigny? I'm trying to think. Um, I just adore her and I love that you don't know anything about her, even though you you have all this wealth of information. Same.
1: I know. I try to come up with some fun facts. Um, and I don't have a whole bunch. Um, because one of them we already talked about. She, you know, she declined the role in 2000 for Legally Blonde. and It was a $500,000 supporting role. But she said no, no, no. Queen. Yeah. Um, she's very good friends with Natasha Lyonne. Yeah. Cool. She's
0: in uh, Russian Doll Season 2.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I think that's. That's cool. That makes sense. And Natasha Leon's another one that I feel like has been involved in a lot of indie projects here and there. Yeah. Has kind of rose to popularity in recent years. And
0: she's had her one show that's her quote unquote sellout. With yeah, Orange is the new black. Yeah. Like Chloe's Big Love. Basically, yeah. But I
1: feel like that put her on the map for a lot of people. Like for me at least. But I know it makes me kind of appreciate her. Like I've looked how oh, what did I see recently? But I'm a cheerleader. Yeah, but I'm a cheerleader. It was really good. Which
0: I knew you'd love that movie.
1: It was. It was good. It's funny. Like it's. It's wild.
0: Like I definitely didn't want to like Variety magazine Billy Eilish you and be like. <laughs> I think you're gonna like this. But I knew in my core, like ever since for years, I've been like, but I'm a cheerleader is Brie coded. Have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know. But it I knew you cool. would like this. Yeah. I like was like, this movie's for Brie. Definitely. Yeah. No, I love
1: anything too that um is um satirical and makes a point. I don't know, I like I just enjoyed it. It's good. Yeah.
0: Slums of Beverly Hills yeah. also
1: haven't seen that one but i know i i want to explore her filmography more and chloe sevigny For like sure. i feel like i don't know i'm so intrigued by her and i i kind of understand a bit more like it's crazy to think like when i first discovered her thinking like oh what's the big deal
0: but i get it i think chloe sevigny is someone you know i was just reading an a little excerpt from something Whit Stillman said about her where it's she's just a very natural performer. Like she's not acting, she's real. Mm-hmm. And I think that element of her being so real, it, it just, it informs her career so much. And I, I think the people she's always chosen to be around, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is for like the love of the art. And love of creating something and pushing boundaries, like okay. Steve Buscemi, like Steve Buscemi, <laughs> you know, Freeze yeah. Lounge, anybody, yeah. but uh, but especially her work with Harmony Corinne. Like, I think there is something to be said, though, of you know, you cannot find kids on streaming. You can't find Gummo. I don't believe you can find Julian Donkey Boy. I I don't. You have to go to the thrift shops. No. I mean, truly. And like, I don't think you can even, you know, it was before. I don't think they've printed it on Blu-ray, but the DVDs are so expensive and far and few between I I feel like a criterion or something needs to pick up these films because they're very important. Is Boys Don't Cry in the Criterion? Because I know that one had like a big impact. Like Um, I don't, I don't know, because I think you can just, you can rent boys don't cry but you can't rent if something's in the criterion it doesn't it's not rentable well if something's on the criterion it kind of like the last days of disco is on the in the criterion collection because it's about distribution deals Mm. and like these studios and if you're an independent film like sometimes you know movies that are have like a really impact on culture you know because you know if they're older You know, the distribution deals are, you know, kind of weird and wonky or they had a limited print run. So that's where the Criterion Collection takes over. And yeah, I feel like someone needs to pick up these movies. Right. Because I don't want them to be lost. Yeah. No, I agree. Especially like Kids and Gummo, when you read about people that, especially Gummo, have seen these films and like saw themselves in them in a weird way or seen something that they've never seen on screen before. Yeah. Not to get too much on my horse, but I think that's very important to be shown. I agree, yeah. To hearkening back to Taylor Swift and the Infinity Stones or the Horcruxes or like Harry Potter's really cool, Marvel movies are really cool, but...
1: No, we need some indie movies. I mean, I thought the Criterion Collection did that anyway. Mm-hmm. Like
0: they recognize indie, like... More so, yes. I kind of did some research about a lot of the Harmony Korine films that aren't Spring Breakers. they that's that, to that the, no. <laughs> one. No, but that one you can. You can see. You can see Beach Bum. You can see Spring Breakers, which you should. You can see like the later Harmony Korine stuff, but not the ones that are like. Yeah. No, I'm very curious the about
1: Gummo. Of Me too. All the stuff I've heard, like I'm like, oh, I got to see this now. But.
0: But yeah, but, but you can't. Yeah. And losing that, it does make me think, not to get so doom and gloom, but it makes me think about, like, a Fahrenheit 451 situation of, like... Losing the movies? Yeah, I know that's, like, burning the books. But, but you know, like, living in a world where you can't... Like, access. Access certain things. Yeah. And, you know, people work hard and put this out there. It's affected so many people. And for it to just be, like, lost. But it's very elusive just like chloe seven which is very cool because you don't do it for the distribution deals like that has nothing to do with right her. no but, but the art and the
1: art lives on but you have to have the art live on yeah i know i agree it should it should be
0: saved somehow yeah i just i wanted to be saved yeah so yeah i don't know maybe one day we can find it on streaming yeah or don't one day i want to i haven't Found. I know I could buy it online, but I want this treasure of finding it in person. Every time I go to Barney Nob's... the Blu-ray. I look at the Criterion Collection section, want to find The Last Days of Disco. I know it's online, but I want to find it in store. Something about it. Yeah. Something about it's it. And that. then one day, I want to also be able to pick up Gummo and actually watch it. Gosh darn it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think it's... I, I think, like... There's a different experience. Like, we're definitely blessed to be able to stream things. Yeah. But it is kind of cool to actually own something for your collection. Go or, out and find yeah. it in the world. Yeah. Be able to have access to it. Because, you know, if, like, the streamers, you know, the whole thing. This, we don't know what could happen with that. Yeah.
0: I know what you're saying. Yeah. So. Yeah, can't. can't be all about the Benjamins, baby. You got to turn down some Legally Blondes to make. <laughs> some some dog bills you know
1: yeah some demon what is it demon lover Lover. yeah some demon lover i couldn't think of it i was like demon slayer D- yeah <laughs> oh but thank you guys so much for listening rate and review us on apple spotify wherever you listen to
0: podcasts yes and thank you to herd at media for our lovely artwork yeah still loving it Thank you so much to our lovely producer, Grace. Thank you, Grace. Um, thank you for well, being. Thank you for, for being, being here today. today. <laughs> um, thank you, Bree. Thank you, Nick. Um, I'd like to thank myself
1: for being <laughs> myself. Who <laughs> oh, uh, is that Seth Snoop Dogg? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: oh. I'd like to thank me for, for being me. me. Yeah, always believing in me. Mm-hmm. Um, will we'll, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.